0: Welcome to the Janine Boland Show, where we share tips from around the globe as we guide practical people with their finances using money tips, increase their incomes through side businesses, and maintain their sanity by staying in their creative zone. Hello and welcome to the show. You may or may not know this about the Janine Boland Show, but it is a syndicated program. We took four of our podcasts and combined them in October of twenty-one and my team and i have taken those four podcast programs that were originally the three minute money tips the thriving solopreneur the writers Hour creative conversations and the practical mystic show and we have popped them all together into the janine boland show for you today now the really cool thing is this year we're interviewing 99 authors and today we have a spotlighted author who is going to give you guidance, some perspective on how to get your message out, your story, or how to get your memoir out into the world. Now, many of you have been told you should write a book about not only your life experience, but the funny stories that you tell around the dining room table. Well, these 99 authors that I am interviewing over the course of this year were prompted to write their own stories as well. Each one will tell you what got them going writing, but then each one will share what worked when they were selling their books, what didn't work, And the things that they wish they had known before they became published authors. (laughs) There's a lot of stories in that. So Ted Pedromo, America's leading LinkedIn coach, is the award-winning best-selling author of The Ultimate Guide to LinkedIn for Business and The Ultimate Guide to Twitter for Business. Ted is a social selling and online advertising expert and the founder of Search Marketing Simplified LLC, which is a full-service social media marketing firm. Now, Ted has been featured on Entrepreneur.com, The New York Times, CNBC, CNBC, and Forbes. So you can learn more at yourlinkedincoach.com. So welcome to the show, Ted.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: I absolutely love it. This is like third or fourth time we've had you on the Janine Boland Show. I love it every time. You always give great content. And this time we get to talk just authorship. That's the fun thing about that. So out of curiosity, did you decide to publish under your real name or do you use a pen name?
1: I actually chose my real name. I was in a mastermind with Perry Marshall. And if you don't, Perry Marshall, he actually changed his name legally. And he said, Ted, you need to change your name because it's too hard for people to pronounce. And I'm like, well, and then I had to make that decision to oh, change my family name <laughs> or go with a pen name. So I stuck with my name. Actually, I'm glad I did because I do have a unique last name. And people say, I see your name everywhere. So,
0: right. The old days where they used to say it's important that people be able to pronounce your name or what have you. We didn't have the technology we do now. Like you can go on LinkedIn, one of your favorite uh, platforms that you love talking to me about. And oh my gosh, you now have a way that you can actually pronounce your name for people. Right. Uh, Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. There's a little, you have to do it from the mobile app where you record it. So you go to the LinkedIn mobile app and you, there's a little section there right by your name And you actually record a 10 second. You can say your name and a little blurb about your business. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah. So a little gold nugget for those of you who are LinkedIn users. I bet you didn't know that. Or if you did, there are other things that you can learn from Ted. I highly recommend that you go on to LinkedIn and watch his feed because he is always giving you those little gold nuggets on ways that you can promote yourself on that platform. So you decided to go ahead, keep the name and one of the things that you do that that I love is you have a different directory. Like instead of being tedpodromo.com, you chose a different route.
1: Yeah, I came up with a little alias, yourlinkedincoach.com, which actually redirects to tedpodromo.com. As Perry said, <laughs> people can't say or spell your name.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so why are you making that your website? So that's one of the, the f- things that Ted and I were talking about in the green room was, the fact that there are ways that you can get around no matter how difficult your name is to pronounce with the technology we have these days, it is not a stumbling block like it used to be, say, in the 80s or 90s. So, so talk to us a little bit about what made you decide. Oh, I, I know what it was. I wanted to ask you about, did you have a marketing background before you started writing your book?
1: Well, I wrote a book 20 years ago, actually, my first book. I got certified as a coach and I didn't know anything about marketing. I know absolutely nothing. And I came across someone was promoting, hey, you need to be a published author to get speaking engagements to promote your coaching. So I signed up for this. It was God awfully expensive.
0: (laughs) I have no, I have no doubt.
1: (laughs) And I got to write one chapter of a book. So it gave me the experience of working with a writing coach. And I'm still friends with that coach now today, 20 years later. So I'm, I'm glad I did it. It was worth the investment. And I learned marketing from her at the time. So I was be, that was my first steps of marketing.
0: Right. And you like to share with people that you are a self-proclaimed introvert and proud of that fact. Talk to us a little bit about being that introvert and then having to get out into the marketing world. That was a journey.
1: It was. I was too. I was a tech guy. I was the IT guy for 20 years. So I like to just do my thing and not really talk to people and hang out and <laughs> fix computers. <laughs> but to be a coach and go out speaking in public, it was terrifying for me. So I came across actually a, a group called Speaking Circles, which the founder, Lee Glickstein, is here in San Anselmo, where I live. So that really helped me overcome my fear of public speaking.
0: Right. Some people join Toastmasters or something like that, whatever speaking group you can find, definitely if you find yourself going into analysis paralysis <laughs> yeah. when you have to get up in front of people. Uh, so you didn't have a marketing background. You were this tech guy that liked to fix computer, computers and run around with your toolbox, so to speak, and your briefcase. So what surprised you the most about the book marketing process when, when your book got published?
1: Well, the good news is I was in Perry Marshall's mastermind at the time. So I invested in a very high-end coaching program. And that's how I actually got the book deals. Because Perry wrote Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising and Ultimate Guide to Google AdWords for Entrepreneur Press. And they were by far the best-selling books in their history of the Entrepreneur Press series. So I said, hey, we need a LinkedIn book and a Twitter book, Perry. You know anybody that can write those? So Perry and I were supposed to co-author those book deals. And then at the last minute, after we signed the contracts, he said, I don't even have a LinkedIn account. You write that book. And then he said, I'm on Twitter, but I find no value in it. So why don't you just write both books? I'll write the intro to them. And that's how I got two book deals with a very large publisher.
0: Wow, that is incredible. I've never heard that story. I'm glad you shared that one. I don't think we've ever, I've ever heard that story from you. So here you are. Now you have these huge, this, this book deal, like literally falls into your lap because you're in this mastermind group. So what would you change if you started marketing your book today? Because you're in a totally different space now. Technology is totally different from what you were doing back then. So what, what would be some of the things that you would change about your marketing strategy?
1: Oh, gosh. When I wrote the books, I had no idea how to write a book, <laughs> except for that co-authored
0: book. Here Let's I mean, start with that one, Janine. We didn't even know what we were doing. Right. Most, most authors don't, by the way.
1: <laughs> At the time, I was working full-time for a software company doing their online marketing. My mother, my father passed away, and she, we moved her out here because she had dementia. So I'm taking care of my mom, who was failing in health, working full-time, and then I get two book deals they want done in three months. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> what what am I, do? I doing?
1: <laughs> so, like a good research person, I went to Amazon, found the 10 best selling books on LinkedIn and the 10 best selling books on Twitter, which actually there was only one book about Twitter when I wrote that book, Joel Com wrote. But I looked at the LinkedIn books that people had written and I looked at the table of contents and said, here's what they're teaching. And here's some other things I could teach. So, I kind of made my own little syllabus out of it. And that's how I kind of figured out how to write the books. But then to market the books, I just kind of watched what other people were doing on Amazon at the time and online.
0: Well, so with what you were doing, and I know that this was like crazy time for you with everything going on in your personal life, can you tell us what worked best for you when it came to selling your books? What were, what was the strategy that actually worked very well for you?
1: That's kind of where my tech career came into, into play because- I love to figure out how things work. I was always taking things apart at home and putting them back together. My mother was like, why do you do that? (laughs) But I like to reverse engineer things. So I watched how other people were marketing their books like on Facebook ads. And Perry Marshall was my mentor at the time. And he was selling books like crazy with Facebook ads. So I just talked to Perry and I reverse engineered. I actually went through his whole process. You get the free book plus 6.95 shipping. So I did a lot of those and just kind of watched how people marketed. And what they mailed me the book, did they enclose something in the package, like a flyer to buy something else? Like I did, I've just kind of documented everything all the other marketers were doing to sell their books online and built my own little system.
0: That's that's cool. And now Facebook ads is something totally different, right? I mean, it's a totally different process. So what is something that you tried that was like an epic failure? Because, you know, as authors, when we get around at conferences or something like that, we all talk about our horror stories. But then we go on to podcasts like this and people kind of clam up about (laughs) the failures. But I would really like to learn what were some things that you tried and it was like, oof, totally not worth the money.
1: Well, when Facebook changes their algorithm like they like to do, and you get something that's working really, really well, And all of a sudden, now they have automated little bots that look for certain words in your ads, and they'll literally suspend your account. They won't just turn off that ad. They'll suspend your account, and they don't tell you why. And you have to reach out to Facebook support over and over and over. And finally, someone will say, oh, yeah, that was a mistake. We'll turn back on your ads.
0: Crazy. That's just crazy, isn't it? And then there there was another
1: little incident. I was getting leads for two dollars and 25 cents i was paying two dollars and 25 cents to sell my book give it away for free and it was 7.95 shipping so i was i was losing money on that because i had to pay for the books and the shipping and everything but then i would have the little flyer i put in there that got people into my coaching program so it was was working really well paying two dollars and 25 cents and i was making an average about a hundred dollars per book i sold then the election came (laughs) then (laughs) christmas came and my leads went up to like sixty-five dollars a lead, and we couldn't figure out how to get it back down. Basically, I had to end the campaign because I just it's, it was costing about fifty dollars a lead two months ago, even.
0: Wow, yep. So something can work really well for a period of time, and that's why it's so important to take once a month and look and see what's happening, or maybe even once a week. It depends on what your campaign is doing. Actually,
1: but once a day these days. Once a day. Change once a so day.
0: Fast. Yeah. So that lets you know how far behind the times I am on stuff like that. So, um, well, talk to us a little bit about when you're speaking and you're sharing your stories with your audiences, what is a story that you tell about yourself that gets the most laughs from your target audience?
1: Oh, gosh, I'm good at it.
0: (laughs) I know, right? Those are my favorite stories to tell are the ones on me. Yeah,
1: right. Well, one of the... (laughs) I know what it was. It was really fun. I was speaking to financial advisors. There's about 600 financial advisors. And I was telling a story about, I actually drove my family off a cliff one time. We're coming back from vacation. (laughs) I fell asleep at the wheel, drove off a hundred foot cliff. So I'm up there. I start telling the story about how I was working so hard. I was stressed out. I'm coming home from family vacation and I drove off a cliff and they thought I was joking. And they made, they all like started laughing at me. (laughs) The whole audience would just (laughs) burst out laughing. And then everything I said for the next three minutes after that, they just kept laughing. And I was telling a serious story. (laughs) So I just went with it. And they said, Oh my God, you're the funniest speaker I ever saw. That was great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, I will never tell them that that was a
1: real story. And I told that same story to Gary Barnes's group one time and they're all crying in the audience and I'm crying on stage. (laughs) So it's amazing how the same presentation can get a tremendously different response.
0: And I think that's something comedians talk about all the time. You know, they talk about reading the room and being able to work with it. And it's just amazing how, having that kind of a skill set is impressive. And one of the things I've noticed about you, when you speak to a room, that's where being an introvert is very helpful because you spend so much time kind of processing your own thoughts and your own emotions. When you get on stage, it's very easy for you to read a room. Unlike maybe some people who are highly extroverted who haven't taken that time. It just depends. But uh, I'd like to know what, what was the biggest change you've seen in yourself since you started marketing your book?
1: It's, took me a long time to embrace this but I'm positioned as a thought leader now I'm one of the top people in the industry and for years I didn't even think on those terms I just think I'm a guy that wrote a book and I like to help people on LinkedIn but now I get I'm getting speak engagements well when you read I have articles in Forbes cNBC, New York Times they that's because articles excerpts from my book were put on the internet one time I got a call from a guy and he says, I'm a reporter at the New York Times and I'm writing an article by using LinkedIn to, to find a job. Would you like to contribute to the article? And your first thought is, oh, that's one of my friends pranking me.
0: Right, <laughs> exactly.
1: But I actually contributed to a New York Times article. Then I was on vacation one time and I get a call and say, I'm a CNBC producer and we're doing a documentary on Twitter. Can I pick your brain for a while? We want to get, some, you know, would you like to contribute to the content? So we talked for like an hour and then I'm watching this documentary a month later. It's Carl Quintanilla is one of the moderators at CNBC. And he's like repeating my words verbatim.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but That's all that's because a- I
1: wrote the book and I got my content out on the internet. They found articles I'd written on entrepreneur.com. And it's just like, Wow this is a little
0: bit it's surreal isn't it when that kind of things happens i i remember the day the oprah winfrey show reached out to me the producers of that and i was just like i didn't get on uh they were very sweet they told me oh sorry it's not sexy enough (laughs) and they were joking it was meant to be a joke we were laughing it was and i was like no i get it you you know what your audience needs and when i went and watched the show later they were absolutely on point i was not the person that they needed for that show it was all about extreme frugality not at all with what, you know, my, my mindset was or how I was trying to teach people. So, but it it is amazing. It was, it's still surreal to me this day. I I can say, yeah, I was approached by the Oprah Winfrey show. Didn't make it, but that's okay. I had a great time talking with the producers. I learned a lot about showbiz.
1: Well, like all good marketers, you could say I was on Oprah. No.
0: <laughs> right, right. Oprah and I are
1: uh, best buddies. <laughs>
0: yeah, she doesn't know me from a hole in the wall. No, I don't think so. But but like you say, you know, you're very good at this. You're very authentic. And you always preach that to other people about whatever you do on LinkedIn, you know, no matter how you're, uh, promoting yourself, make sure you're as authentic as you possibly can be. And I think you're a perfect example of that. You're like, I'm just this guy that had this book deal fall into my lap and managed to get it out in the time frame, even with all this other insanity, you know, going on in your world. So that, that's quite a testament to your perseverance. So if you don't mind, kind of give us the top five tips that you would give authors about selling their books nowadays, you know, in this environment that you find yourself.
1: Well, there's that, the choice of if you can write for a major publisher like I did versus self-publishing, there's pros and cons for each. Because I can't do much with my book at this point. Like I can't give away a PDF version or even sell it. They sell a PDF version for $25 on the website. And I have very little control over a lot of the aspects of the book. But the plus side is I was in Entrepreneur Magazine and they had a stack of The Ultimate Guide books. Dan Kennedy wrote some, Perry Marshall, all these famous authors. And my book was on top of that stack of books. It was awesome. So I'm in Entrepreneur Magazine <laughs> on entrepreneur.com, which opened so many doors for me. Right. And then if right. you self-published, you can sell more books and you have a lot more control over it, but you don't get that kind of publicity,
0: right? And when was this happening for you? Do you mind giving us the year that that happened for you?
1: That was twenty thirteen. Was when both books came out,
0: right? Twenty thirteen, and so much has changed in the publishing industry. I don't think people realize the massive sea change that happened around twenty fifteen in the publishing industry when. It was no longer called Vanity Publishing, but remember when they started changing the name to Print on Demand, right? You know, and they they wouldn't still wouldn't call it self-publishing, but they would call it Print on Demand services. And I remember when that started happening, I went, "Oh, this is something that has really taken off." So yeah, um, but what other tips do you have for folks?
1: So really. Come up with a strategy. See how other people are selling books online right now. Look at the ads and actually buy the books and go through their sales funnel. See what they're doing. Because usually they give them away for free is the big thing and you pay shipping and handling. But now what do they send with that package? That's a golden opportunity. I have a flyer in there that sends people to my website to take a mini course. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that mini course, they can sign up for my LinkedIn course. So this huge opportunity when you're mailing someone something, and then also you get their name and their address afterwards. So you can follow up with direct mail to them, like a postcard a year later. So, hey, I got a new book coming out. Mm -hmm. So when you write the second edition of your book, you have a whole email list, a mailing list and an email list that you can promote your books to going forward.
0: It's massively helpful. Uh, It's one of the things that I've enjoyed about uh, the follow-up systems is being able to mail something to people's homes, and being able to say, "I'm here as a friend. If you need additional help, here you go. But otherwise, you know, they can just throw it in file thirteen if it's not available. It's not what they're interested in." Um, You're
1: brilliant at that with your send-out cards. I love getting (laughs) your cards.
0: I I don't like to to sell when I'm sending out direct mail, I like to be there as, Hey, I'm here as a friend. I know that you're struggling with this particular pain point. That's why you bought that book of mine. And I just want to make sure that that's being taken care of that, that particular aspect of your life is, uh, back where you want it to be. Um, so go ahead and, and tell us a little bit, what was one of the primary things you misunderstood the most about becoming an author?
1: Oh boy.
0: (laughs) Go ahead. You can list off several. You don't have to just pick one.
1: (laughs) Right. overall it's been a great experience for me and then the frustrating part is when they come back and they say hey we want to write another version
0: (laughs) (laughs) and you're like oh my gosh no
1: (laughs) no it's it's okay one thing i learned i've written three versions of the ultimate guide to linkedin for business now so you write the first one and that's a chore because i've never written a book before so the second one i thought okay i'll just go through remove the chapters that aren't relevant anymore and i'll just put in what's new on LinkedIn, big mistake. (laughs) Because there's so many references throughout the book to other parts of the book. Because they teach you to like refer to that, like in chapter 13, we'll talk about this. And then you get to 13, they talk about linking back to other parts of the book. So it took forever to edit that book. And then the third edition, I tried to do that again, like, oh my gosh. I had a really tough proofreader too, and she's like, "You can't say that. You can't say that. <laughs> like, you need more proof. Like that's plagiarism. Like how's a plagiarism. <laughs>
0: like, right? Click here.
1: Click here." <laughs> but it got harder and harder to write the books. Mm-hmm. So if, if I write the fourth edition, I'm going to start from scratch and just make it a whole fresh copy.
0: That makes sense. No, that's a good. That's a good choice. That'll keep you from tearing out your hair, which is yes. something that. We all want to keep keep in our head, right? We don't want to be pulling that stuff out. So let me uh, kind of share with us: what is the primary thing that was like your biggest reward as an author?
1: The best part was my mother was in assisted living when it came out, and she had her little walker, and they all walk around in their walkers with their basket. She carried my book around, and she was like in her basket.
0: That is so cool.
1: And she kept pulling it out. (laughs) My my. My son is an author. My son wrote this book.
0: <laughs> it's bragging rights, bro. <laughs> That's great. He was so
1: proud of that.
0: <laughs> that is so wonderful. I, I uh, like to share the story with uh, people that when I first got my very first book and I pulled it out and I flipped over the back to see, to make sure the back cover looked all right. And I had my youngest child standing next to me and she was looking and saw that she's like, mom. You're on the back of that book. And she looks me, looks at me with these beautiful eyes and goes, ah, you're famous, you know, just totally. Di- and honestly, it's those little moments. It's not how many books you sell. And it's like, it's those moments. Like you said, mom running around with your book in her, yeah. in her walker basket. And my kid looking at me like I was the best thing since sliced bread. And, you know, I'm like, okay, I think I can get through this next book because I'd like to have another moment. Like that with someone else, you know, to see what would happen. Yeah, I was at a he, class uh,
1: reunion a couple of months ago, and I was talking to people, and they, one person goes, "You're really a big thing now, aren't you? You're a big deal."
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you just kind of look at him and go, "For some people." <laughs> well,
1: that's the thing with PR. basically. if you keep your name and your picture in front of people all the time, they think, "Oh, he's really something." <laughs>
0: not bad coming from wherever you came from right so yeah it's it's fascinating stuff any last words of wisdom before we close it out for today
1: no i highly recommend writing a book whether you get it self-published or you do it through a big major publisher because it opens so many doors when you can walk up and hand somebody a book that you wrote most people are so intimidated by the thought of writing a book that 99% of people wouldn't even consider it. So once you accomplish that, it just opens so many people respect you at a whole different
0: level. I, I agree. It's amazing. The difference between I'm writing a book to I have a book. It, the, it's just night and day, the differences. So
1: the best business well, card ever.
0: Yeah, it really is. A business card on steroids is what I heard one person say. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, actually it is. It is. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Ted. I appreciate you taking a few moments with this.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And then that's it. Ted has answered our 13 questions and has got more information in store for you with his latest work. If you will go to yourlinkedincoach.com, he will be happy to give you more education on what you can do as a business owner when it comes to LinkedIn. And this is Janine Boland signing off with you today. And all of us here at the Eight Gates that produce the Janine Boland Show, we issue a wonderful week and we encourage you to get your message, your story or your knowledge out into the world and make it a better place just like these authors are doing with the newly published authors that are coming along behind them. We'll see you again next week, and until then, keep sharing what you know with others. Keep shining that light that is you, and don't forget to go out today and do something for yourself that's just plain fun. Thank you for listening to The Janine Boland Show. Be sure to subscribe to our show notes by going to thejaninebolandshow.com where you'll find additional resources as well as the opportunity to sign up to receive our program in your email each week. Be sure to visit our sponsor at the 8